0: (laughs) (laughs) My guest this week on the Blind Broadcaster Podcast is Middle Tennessee Nightmares linebacker and former Pittsburgh Passion football player Jennifer Clifton. If you enjoyed this interview, please rate, subscribe, and review the Blind Broadcaster Podcast on your favorite podcast platform and directory. If you have suggestions on people and guests you'd like to have on the pod, please email me at luther.king.tsb at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at king underscore tsb. And if you want to try to find me on Facebook, please use the email address that I gave at the top of the intro. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Middle Tennessee Nightmares linebacker, and Pittsburgh Passion football player, Jennifer Clifton. This is the Blind Broadcaster Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. On today's pod, you're going to get to know another one of the Middle Tennessee Nightmares women's football players. In a segment I like to refer to as "player profiles." <clears throat> Normally, this will be a pie for broadcast, but today we're flipping this tick. Why? Because we can, and it's my podcast. So there you go. Today, I'm joined by former starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Passion. No. Right. Huh?
1: No, oh. I wasn't. The, I wasn't the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Passion. Ah, okay. Oh, I was a a linebacker for the Pittsburgh Force. Linebacker. Yeah, Pittsburgh Force.
0: The Pittsburgh Force. Yeah. Linebacker. And we'll find out why she enjoys football and what drew her to it and other things. As today, Jennifer Clifton joins me and... When did you get the love of football?
1: Love of football, I've had that since. I was about mm, five or six.
0: But in school, that wasn't an option to look for ladies at that point yet.
1: No, no.
0: So, who were your football role models and who were your life role models that Took you under their wing and paid it forward to you, so you can go um, support your football dream that you wanted to pursue.
1: Well, what, when I first started women's football, I mean, the, I took and uh, went and was gonna, I uh, was playing for the passion for a little bit, but then they started another team called the Pittsburgh Force because they had so many ladies wanting to play. They wanted to give everybody a chance to, you know, be able to, you know, start. So they started up another team. Cat Ferrari did. She mm-hmm. gave me the mm-hmm. opportunity to start. Um, and then their first football coach, head coach, was Robert Gold. I mean, he took me under the wing. He showed me some things. Coach Grill showed me some stuff. Um, coach Miggs. And then, of course, Coach Dante Minger. Dante Minger, I mean, he took and defensively. Like, he took me under his wing, and, you know, he pushed me to go further. Uh, coach Don, of course, from the Music City Misfits, he also pushed me to do better, too, which made me a better football player. Um, oh,
0: I know that coach very well. matter of fact, I covered that team for almost three Well, it was three years, in fact. Yeah. So, a lot of those players I do remember, and a lot of the coaches. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, what really gave me my inspiration was, uh, what was it, uh, Lisa Horton from the Pittsburgh Passion. She played for the uh, Passion for about 15 about fifteen to 16 years. So she finally retired, I think, last year. She um, really inspired me because when I was still in high school, she was playing football. And uh, that just really inspired me. And then when I moved out to Pittsburgh, uh, they got a hold of me, and that went from there. So
0: and you did take the college route, and you did get a degree. Mm-hmm. So at least if football didn't work out, you have a fallback plan.
1: <laughs> got How, to.
0: Huh?
1: I said you got to.
0: How often are you still putting your degree in use, even though you're not in that field, even though football you've been in longer than what you went to college for your degree to you, no,
1: I I kind of steered away from it really because now I'm like into uh, the car business and I kind of like it better, less stress and I enjoy the company I work for. So,
0: <laughs> How does sales at your current job help you in a football aspect? What is your job that you currently do teach you lesson wise for football
1: well, lesson wise in football i mean to give back to the community because my my job i mean we're always you know putting forward effort into our communities and uh sticking with them i mean we try to give customers and uh the community uh stuff that you know, like we'll go and take stuff to the fire department for the firefighters the police stations um we give away turkey dinners on Thanksgiving for customers. We deliver, we select like two to three families a year for Christmas, and we go all out and buy uh, Christmas presents for them and deliver them to the families that are in need. Um, I mean, right there, I mean, kind of contributes to the community side, standpoint of what you could do off field to help your community and stuff like that. So,
0: and if my math is correct, and I saw on your Facebook, I was trying to do some research on you know how much you research is accurate, but I did the best I could with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you the cousin of former Green Bay Packer offensive lineman Chad Clifton? Yes, I am. How much of a role model was he to you? Because I know he was playing for
1: he the was, legendary he,
0: Rick Favre and he, what tips would he give you he for just football? Told
1: me football he just told me you know follow my heart and you know put in your hard work and just keep going uh don't let people tell you can't do something because you can um and uh I mean he taught me to be a little bit tougher too like when it comes to blocking and stuff pretty good at that um I got that from him um and uh kind of got a little bit of I tried this hack one but it didn't work <laughs> so
0: <good>. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well when you got when you got a cousin that's about three hundred and twenty pounds of marble granted in weightlifting, yeah, that's gonna kinda be a yeah, problem. He
1: he, t- he kinda challenged me at one of the four hands. I was like, Okay, yeah, let me let me try to tackle him. This is gonna be funny and like almost made him fall. Almost he tripped a little bit and I was like, All right, cool and He goes, damn it <laughs> But he goes, Think you couldn't tackle me. I said Hey, at least I tried. I have the guts. I have the guts. I'm not afraid <laughs> of people. I mean, when I played for the Nashville Smashers, I mean, that kind of helped because we had a lot of tall, big girls, and all the, some of the girls would sit there and try to hide behind me because they didn't want to go, and I'm like, man, it'd be either Donita, or uh, we called her Big Ronda and Heidi the Beast, so they were like the tall girls. and
0: uh, Yeah, those two. Yeah, <laughs> it's, especially when he had pads. <laughs> those two.
1: I was like, I'm not scared, but man, that kinda of sucked. I'm like, man, but it made it made me a tougher 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 than nails football player, I think. So but I mean he I mean Clifton, I mean he took and Chad would sit there and just take and work with me during the summers, um during the family reunions, because, I mean that's pretty much the only time we really uh get to get together is around that time.
0: So how often do you and Chad stay in touch?
1: About every two to three weeks. He'll he'll call me on like Facebook or something.
0: <laughs> so when you played with the Smashers, what was the coaching staff like and
1: uh the coaching staff, I mean, you know, coach I knew where he wanted to take the team. The owner didn't really see eye to eye with them. Um uh, there was a fist fight, I believe. I was on the I was on the field when it happened. Somebody said there was a fist fight between I think one of the uh, two of the coaches or something, and it was just it was hor- it was a horrible situation that just had too many coaches that had different aspects, and it was just it wasn't I I don't think it was a a good thing. So,
0: so you've been in Nashville for how or in Tennessee for how long?
1: nine years, almost nine years. It's like eight and a half.
0: And you've played for the Smashers, the Misfits, and now... I didn't
1: Didn't play for the Misfits. Ah, okay. So
0: Misfits you didn't play for.
1: No, because their practices were way out, and I'm just like, I'm not doing that again. I I did it with the Smashers, where I was driving all over the place, and I was just like, that's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) And now... You're playing with the nightmares. So, what drew you to this current bunch that's trying to get their footing?
1: Well, I mean, I, I'm all about trying to help like a new team start out and get try to give them a good head start. Um, and it's a little bit closer to home, so now they're I guess they're working on trying to get a home field and I've given them a couple suggestions so we're going to see what happens there and then um, it was just I have more of a play opportunity with this team too so
0: how do you feel like the players besides you and Jocelyn and one other and uh, Davis how do you feel like the current group even though there's no season this year season this year
1: I mean we got we got some good talent. Uh we still got some good talent coming in. I got some girls I've contacted that are actually moving from Pittsburgh down here, so
0: uh. Oh. So you get say so are so you're telling me you're getting some of the band back together, huh?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying to. I'm trying to.
0: Can you give me some idea on no trade secrets but like who should I be Looking for if you get some of the players back, if, you, if you're if you able to bring some of your teammates into the fold that you used to play with,
1: people I used to play with, um,
0: that you're trying to bring here, and what do they bring to the table? Like,
1: uh, they well, some of them they're gonna bring uh, some slobber knock football on defense, on offense, uh, trying to get a hold of my my running back because she just told me that she was moving down and I mean, she's, she's very good at what she does. So, um, then I got a, a wide receiver, um, that's, uh, coming down. So we're hoping I can snag her, but she's still on the fence on if she wants to play football or not, uh, just because of her work schedule and stuff like that. So kind of see what we can do. Cause I said, yeah, my work schedule is tight too. So, um, But it's going to be pretty much speed, hard hitting, and a dang good running game. So, everybody's how tough
0: is it? Just for ladies that want to play sports besides the WNBA and other major sports like that, especially in football. How can ladies be taken seriously, even though a lot of folks are like, oh, this is just women's football. They don't know how to play football. But surprisingly, from what I've seen on the field, even though I actually can't see, but the talent that is being dispersed in women's football, some of it can match up with the guys. So why is it that in – women's football the women's football game doesn't get as much respect as the men even though you're seeing high school football Fridays a college football Saturday and an NFL comes, Sunday
1: it all comes down to pretty much again we're women um You know, people are just like, oh, they're not going to show off like kind of like the lingerie. More people pay attention to more of the lingerie football. That's what they think of us. And we're just like, no, we actually just like the guys. And then, you know, we don't get the respect because people are just like, oh, men's football is way better. But then when some people actually go to sit down at a good women's football game, their minds kind of go, oh, wow. Um,
0: These girls can play.
1: These girls can play. And, you know, we actually come out of pocket most of us do we come out of pocket we play we play with heart um you know we don't try to go out and i mean we try to get sponsors but you know a lot of people are still kind of on edge like what the heck is this you know um i'm seeing it more and more we're starting to get the respect that we deserve and i hope you know in the future with the foundation we're building for the future uh players they get the opportunity to actually get paid to play um which I kind of think that, you know, like the NFL now, like most of the people, most of the guys that play, they're just in it for the money. They're not in it to play football. They don't put their heart and soul into the game like women do. The women, I'm not saying, you know, all guys are like that by any means, but um, it, it's coming down to, well, I need more money to play for this team. And we women, again, we don't we don't sit there and do that. We love the team that we play for. Um it's just, you know, the media and stuff like that, they're just like, eh, it's women's football. It's a fluke. Who cares?
0: I mean, Keep I am, to be honest with you, I enjoy the heck out of the women's football broadcast when I do those, probably than I do the men, even though I've done both sides. But it's like, mm-hmm. whoa. Some of these ladies could actually match up and actually play on a guy's team if they were given the chance. And now you're starting to see see it ladies in you know in more roles not prominent roles Mm -hmm. but coaching wise the pipeline is finally being opened up a tad but in this country sports wise and in general for everybody to win we still have a long way to go because the pipeline is not even close to being opened to where it should be right And for you, I mean, have you considered coaching or in your position as a linebacker, do you feel like you are a defensive coach on the field without the coach having to say anything? And how often are, like, group meetings for positions when there need to be meetings?
1: And who usually
0: Uh, calls those?
1: Usually the coach and the owners call the meetings. Okay, okay, well, we need some time for y'all to stay a little bit over, come earlier. Um, so we go over some stuff uh, pretty much. Um, that's how the meetings work.
0: And if players are ticked off at each other, who has to make the call for, okay, we need to have a players only meeting and just tell the coaches in order right now? This is just for us. This is not this has nothing to do with
1: well, the I mean, ownership,
0: with coaching. Mainly,
1: mainly that is um pretty much team captains. If they see it, you know, and and if any of the girls, you know, we'll sit there and we're like, Hey, you're gonna either get along or else you're not gonna see the field. And I mean, sometimes we lose girls because of it because they might not like one another, but to me I was like, you join this team You guys are gonna play or you're not. I was like, you know, if you you got a problem with somebody, then I mean, there's an issue right there because I mean that's not gonna help your team succeed. That's gonna cause losses and um, misplays and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, me if as a team captain, I will not put up with something like that. Um, Either you don't get along or you're not going to play.
0: How do you tell? if a player is actually putting in the work on the practice field and warm warmups before game day, how do you, as a captain, how can you tell if a player is actually into what By they're the doing? Amount,
1: well, uh, the amount of the work that they're putting in, uh, practice-wise, um, the time that they spend in practice, um and then when it comes to like pregame warm you can kind of tell by the, the just their uh attitude um and how they present themselves at game day it's just like you know everybody's going to have butterflies of course but i mean you can usually tell right off the bat like attitude wise even before pregame practice if they're not putting in the the effort like most players are it's just okay, well, you know, we have you starting and you're doing this. Either we need to fix it or we're gonna put somebody ahead of you.
0: So for you, I mean on the defensive side of the ball, you can tell whether the group's gonna actually perform their job. Yep. Offensively
1: offensively you can tell the same thing too.
0: What are you looking for with your offensive group and what are you looking for when you're playing an opponent and how big is it film and what are you looking for on the opponent's team that may be a storyline or a tell that you can pick up on as a defender to stop them to at least try to stop them from doing what they want to accomplish. Offensively,
1: all right. That was a lot of questions. Sorry. Um, Well, defensively, like on an opponent's side, I mean, I try to pinpoint the first quarter. I usually pinpoint their weaknesses, um, and then I do it again. On in third quarter, and sometimes I kind of mix it up just to confuse them. Um, I mean, it's it's not getting into their head; it's just figuring out how to pinpoint those weaknesses and take advantage of them.
0: Speaking of getting in an opponent's head, we know we don't play psychological mind games, but how can you tell on the defensive side of the ball that huh? you've got that you've got them? confused and they're getting frustrated because they really can't get anything going with what they want to do. How can you tell that you've actually rattled?
1: Oh when team? you see that they're having trouble with, you know, getting play started, uh they're constantly doing optables. Um then you can see on their sidelines frustration of course. You see helmets slamming down. Uh you see people yelling at each other. Um that's when you can usually tell it's like, yeah, okay, it's starting to work. Um, and then sometimes, I mean, you can have them where they have poker faces, and you can, you can, I still, I can still feel it just because the, you can feel the energy leaving their, their side. And it's just like, yes, I, I, I know what I'm doing now.
0: So for you, was linebacker number one position, or do they have you try out in other positions and linebacker just fit?
1: I'm pretty versatile. I can play anywhere on defense, wherever you need me. I mean, I learned that in Pittsburgh. It's just, you know, coming down to, like, injuries and stuff like that. I mean, you got to be able to step up to the plate anywhere because um, one point, I mean, I just had the guts and I went out on defensive line uh, when I played for Pittsburgh because literally we went through almost all of our linemen. We only had, like, four healthy linemen. And I I ran because the coach was like, Who wants to go out on the line? And a lot of people wouldn't answer. I already I ran out to the field. I said, I got this. And they were like, Okay. And I was just like, Well, it's kind of a reverse way of doing offense. I got this. Let me do this. And I I mean the girls laughed at me, but that were on the other team and they found out real quick I can I can take care of business.
0: Do you play all three spots linebacker? Outside Middle or is that or you? I've
1: played all three also played defensive back I've also played um I've played uh safety I've played cornerback which I kind of not prefer to do the, the cornerback to listen, but um
0: but, play, but playing all those positions being a Swiss Army Knife on defense besides having the guts what are the do's and don'ts for truth position that you've learned over the years that you still use even though you hope to stay in one spot but if you don't how do you keep yourself prepared to play each position if they need you in those particular spots
1: um you know i try to at practices again like i i'll sit there and i'll move around um uh, like just to learn some, you know, you always learn something new at practices, so it's just, you know, taking the time of going, okay, I want to learn this, and, you know, some of the coaches are like, yeah, well, come on over, we're going to teach you. Um, just because, I mean, the dudes are, you know, you always want to keep your mind open to uh, do things happening uh, play-wise. Um, You want to know, I, me, I like to know everything about defense play-wise, like every position I want to I Mean, and then the don'ts are if you just completely shut down and focus on that one position, you aren't going to understand what's going on here, here, and here. Uh, you want to have a good communication. If you don't have that good communication on defense, your defense is going to fail. So, kind of like offense,
0: that's anything. Unless if you don't communicate, it's not going to work. It's that simple,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you and you've known that firsthand because you probably had some things in the game of football and in life not work because of a lack of communication. Right. let me see. Anything else? Let's see.
1: And then, like, with the teammates, if they're struggling, you know, uh, at their position, I want to be able to try to help them the best way I can. Like, say, they've never played the position. um, Mm. They're like, hey, what do I do? Where do I stand? And I go they get kind of confused or they're nervous and i'll go over here and this is what you're gonna do i'm uh, like okay um i try to help out there uh, because sometimes in the midst of the game uh, some people get pulled from offense and they've never done it and it's just like okay well we're gonna get you through it and this is what you do and they're like oh okay i'm trying to help
0: And I know football is probably a thankless job, but you get a player when the light bulb comes on. How do you tell from when you deal with a new player when they finally get what the position is? when you're can, working with them.
1: Can you repeat that? I'm sorry.
0: When you're working with a new player
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we know football is a thankless job. How do you know
1: the player knows their when position you can, when
0: you can tell that the light bulb came on that they figured out the position? Um
1: When they stop asking a whole bunch of questions, (laughs) like, where am I supposed to go? What is this? What is that? I mean, and then you see them perform what they're supposed to do, like during plays, uh, defensively or offensively, they're executing uh, when they're supposed to. Um, Now, if they're having still a little bit of, they're not getting there on time, like their timing's off, we try to work with that and get all the kinks out before the game. But usually you can tell by their execution. Um, at practice, if they've got it or not.
0: So, what do you feel like is left for you, like football-wise and things like that? Like, what are you wanting to accomplish before you hang up the hang up the helmet?
1: I well, know, to accomplish, uh, win a couple more uh, championships. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you got it. So you at least got one championship under your belt, at least.
1: Yes, I do.
0: Do you still remember the game when you won the championship?
1: Uh, I just remember it was my rookie year and coach was like, hey, you're ahead. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just being out there was just, it was fun. I was all excited. Um, <laughs> And then I, uh, I was pretty much using a a blocking tailback, (laughs) but I mean, I loved it. I was like, yes, it was great. Just the feeling of, you know, being out there and learning stuff because I was so, I was still kind of new at it and I thought I knew a, a lot about football, but I was still in the learning process. So, um, but just being out there with the girls and taking in some of the stuff that, uh, a lot of the veteran players had and you know they kept on going good job good job you're doing good you're doing good just keep at it and I'm like all right
0: what do you like about the coach what do you like about the coaching staff for this nightmares bunch now for this gym
1: uh i got to see what they're like um uh we haven't really worked on anything yet because i know they had a coaching mix up so i guess now uh We're just going to see where things go at this point because, I mean, i got to get my feel for the coaches um, and how they're going to do with play executions and making sure defense is tough and making sure our offense is executing and getting points because defense is what wins championships. Offense scores points.
0: How has it been trying to do the virtual practices and virtual team meetings and things like that with –
1: Uh, We haven't done any virtual practices yet. Um, We haven't done any virtual meetings yet because we're still trying to get some players. So um, We're still in the beginning stages.
0: So once this finally gets underway with this Nightmares team, what are you hoping to see with this Team this, this new because you know um, every, you know everybody in either league or independent is going to think of this team as just an upstart.
1: Well, I mean, what I can see is this team. I mean, if it goes the way I'm thinking, you know, but then again, you got to think it's a it's a rookie team, so um, a lot of new players trying to get some veterans in there. Um, I'm hoping to turn it into an elite team.
0: That's the idea, but we don't know, you know, if the Denver's are going to stay independent, if they're going to be in a league. So So basically like an upstart, we don't know anything yet.
1: Not, not too much, but we'll see. I just know that, uh, once I start, you know, once we start our practices and stuff, I'll get a feel for some of the players to see, uh, what their contributions will be to the team and, um, if I see something, I can help try to adjust them and make it an elite team.
0: Well, that's the plan. Yep. And once we get going, I look exactly. forward to being looking forward to it.
1: And so, <laughs> <laughs> I used to be called the example when I played for Pittsburgh. So,
0: <laughs> well, let's see how much force and how much passion you can actually bring to this bunch. And hopefully, yep. at some point, we will actually get a chance to actually. Enjoy the fruits of labor and get a championship in here.
1: Oh, yeah, I want a nice one. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> nice. It would be nice,
0: <laughs> and I really look forward to actually getting the chance to meet you and the rest of the players and the coaching staff and everybody on board. For oh, I'm to, I'm to,
1: yeah, I'm trying to sweet talk, uh, my uh, former coach, coach Dante to step in because um, he's He's a pretty good coach, and he can help players get to the elite level. It's just their pursuit on if they really want it or not. And his, his motto is either you're going to put the work in or you're going to be sitting on the bench with me drinking a lot of Gatorade. And I kind of like that motto. I'm sitting here like, yep, that's what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> or my personal favorite. Yeah, because, you know, as I, as I've told many people, coaches don't have time to babysit either gonna get it or you're not it's that simple. Yep. Because coaches, you know, they do all the work during the week.
1: Uh
0: But then it's up to the players to ask you what the game plan is.
1: Yep.
0: And if they can, good. If they can't, well that's on them. Yep. Well thanks for the time and looking forward to getting a chance to meet you and the rest of the players and see where this 2020, 2021 edition of the nightmares goes, depending on what the schedule is looking like and looking forward to being a part of it.
1: Yeah. We look forward to being a part of it as well.
0: And yeah, there, I I just have a good feeling about this team. And at some point there will be at least one, hopefully multiple championships, but you know, we're not, we're not expecting that in the first year, but, you know, surprises do happen.
1: Oh, yeah. It it could happen.
0: Hopefully, like, the Atlanta Braves where we're, like, worst to first. But I'm not putting my hopes up on that. But
1: Nope. It's one game at a time, and I call it baby steps. Take baby steps. <laughs> Pretty much just got to fight for every inch and see what happens at the at the end of the season.
0: Yep, exactly. Thanks, Jen.
1: Yep, thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you.